Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this beautiful morning. We truly believe that you are doing good, Lord. Something good is coming. And why is that good coming? Because you are a good God. We are so grateful to you, Lord Jesus, <laughs> for your abundant goodness over our lives. Father, we just commit this morning into your hands. We thank you for all the excitement and joy that we anticipate that uh, is going to come at the end of the year. And we believe for good things in the new year. We believe that because you are a good God. So we know it's not over. We pray, Lord, as we look at your word, your matchless living word, speak to us, Lord. Speak into our hearts so that we may honor and glorify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We are looking at uh, consecration. We are looking at holiness as a subject. And we were focusing on the Nazarite vow. A vow in the Old Testament which had certain clauses which are even applicable today. We have already looked at uh, the three A's. We've looked at appetite. We've looked at appetite over two Sundays and food and how, how you look at that from a biblical perspective. We are currently looking at appearance. We've already looked at the aspect of beauty from the Bible. Uh, if you remember uh, two Sundays ago, I preached on that. And we looked at you know how charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So I had mentioned we are going to look at two aspects. One is beauty and one is body. Both are a part of uh, the appearance. right? I think currently the stage that we are in, people are extremely frustrated to wear the mask. And one of the reasons is, of course, besides the fact that you can't breathe very easily, people are irritated that their faces are hidden. So a couple of guys told me, you know, what is this? Yeah, we've got to hide our faces can't project our uh, dashing smile while there are some who are happy that they don't have to show their faces. So it's quite, you know, people are, the audience is quite split over. Are you happy or are you sad? You tell me, you know, are you happy that you're getting to wear a mask so that you can hide your face? Or are you sad that you're getting to wear a mask so that you can't show your face? Okay, it's a matter of perspectives. But uh, do you know that the beauty industry is one of the leading industries in the world. It is far, far superior compared to many other industries like coal, coal industry, mining industry, many, many industries. You know, the beauty industry, guess what is the estimate of the beauty industry? And you may have thought that it must have sunk because of the pandemic, but you would be shocked to know that currently the beauty industry stands at $511 billion. Billion dollars. In case you don't know what a billion looks like, I'll show you. But look at the spike. This is some statistic that is from Google and from reputed organizations. In, four, uh, in 2020, it was at $483 billion. And you think because of the pandemic, people are not so concerned about beauty. You are wrong. We've jumped by 30 million, nearly 30 million. And uh, the trend seems like it's going to continue to grow. By 2025, it is estimated that it is going to be 785 billion. Imagine, you know, so the cosmetics have gone up. Skin care products have gone up. Personal care products, fragrances. I mean, I was shocked. Why are people using perfume when they're sitting at home? But it's gone up. For all you know, it's gone up. You know, and uh, what do we know? 511 billion doesn't fit in my calculator. Try on yours. But that's what it looks like. It's got a 14-digit number. 
Okay, so that's a huge industry, and you must understand why. You know, it's a business. It's a business that generates economics, and you know, today we live in a world which is driven by economics. So you need to understand whatever you see is driven strongly by corporates and economics, mm-hmm. which kind of run the world. Um, speaking from a human perspective, you know? and guess who uses? Now you must be thinking, oh yes, all this billion and all these dollars. which means is the west that is using right it's not the west unfortunately it is asia it's asia pacific that's using almost 50% of the products can you believe it's not the latin america there's this 8% it is not africa can you believe it's not africa it's just 3% in africa they rely a lot on herbal products so uh, they just 3% down there uh, even north america has quite um, one fourth but look at the asia pacific right yeah all all of us are contributing heavily to that 511 billion dollars and uh, you know i am not saying that i am against beauty products okay trust me i do shoot and i've got to use them i have to use them so i use it too my wife is an expert and i'm grateful to god for that so she kind of hides all my flaws uh, but that's the demand of the channel but what is concerning is the false advertising this is something brothers and sisters that you and i must be extremely aware of never let them tell you that you need it it's not a necessity it's a luxury men all your beauty products are simply there to yeah occasions we all understand special occasions you want to look good and why not why not but it is not your identity that is something you must understand you know there are people who will never walk out of their house if they don't have a certain perfume or they don't put on makeup and that is something that is concerning that should deeply concern us you know i hope none of us are in that category we don't need it it's not that we cannot survive without it right it is not our uh, bread water air kind of thing okay it's not a necessity that is something that uh, we must be aware of with every false advertising do you know that beauty hurts beauty hurts and uh, i know the first thought that comes to your mind is high heels <laughs> yeah everyone who wears high heels is always complain that ouch it hurts but they still wear it because they want to look tall and really tall uh, so but look at the other ways that beauty hurts waxing so painful oh. and then there is the tattoo which uh, literally there's blood that comes out uh, it's the kind of tickling pain not that i've done ever but this is what uh, those who've done have told me you know, it is it is painful it is painful because you're basically getting injected and then there is the body piercing oh my goodness there is the body piercing that even men and women likewise do and so it's interesting how why why people get hurt so that they can look beautiful no uh the popular saying goes uh, what length can you go to feel the pain so that you can look beautiful i'm not even mentioning about botox and all that you know but just to create an impression people go to great lengths great lengths they 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 take pain upon themselves so that they can look beautiful right no pain no gain yeah the popular english saying but what is the gain they are looking at so the fact that they are going through so much pain what is the gain they are looking at there are two things 
and both of these these are important to know the first is they find their worth in their beauty and this is something that must alarm us if you are finding your worth in your beauty then it is concerning the second is even more alarming which is acceptance people feel if i am not beautiful i will not be accepted and that is what social media is all about right look at who gets the most number of likes that 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 is an indication that either you are extremely intelligent or you are beautiful now those are the ones who quickly get the likes even if they are not really putting up great content uh, is just the, the world today has clearly demarcated the beauty the beautiful versus the not so beautiful you know and these two should concern us it should especially concern our young people and our children that at no point do they get this doctrine that their worth comes out of their beauty and not who they are but how they appear am i making sense here because i don't see any screens on so just yeah thank you and acceptance you know, acceptance is such a huge thing you've got to dress in such a manner you've got to look in such a fashion otherwise no one will accept me if i look like you know just any any other person no one will give me a second glance and i mentioned that last time and i preached you know no one would give jesus a second glance uh, that is exactly what isaiah is telling us he was not the kind of face that people would uh, keep gazing at you know in fact he was so ordinary that you would pass by and you wouldn't even know it was jesus unless you knew who he was you know so he was very ordinary that's the form he chose to take while on earth so that many of us can identify with him you know if he was extremely gorgeous beautiful handsome then uh, i think most of us wouldn't have probably identified with him but the bible says in hebrews he identified with us so that you know we can acknowledge him as the lord and savior so please remember these two things may we never give our children that impression that their worth lies in their beauty and it depends on how often you mention that to them you know that's when they begin to you put that in their psyche that their worth is in their beauty accept them for who they are and encourage them to accept others for who they are and not for their beauty okay uh there is a lot of effort that people put so that they can get a like is that true you know there's so much of effort that goes in and i'm actually talking about beauty you know, they, they put all the sparkles and then there are the filters and all of that why 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 all that fakeness so that you can get some likes i want to show something uh, from the scripture let me open to the first verse of the bible the bible says in romans chapter 15 verse 7 and i know some of you are going oh such a cute picture that it is Romans 15 verse 7 says accept one another hallelujah accept one another even as Christ accepted us for the glory of God hallelujah another translation says for the praise of God for the praise of God Christ did not look at us from our outward appearance imagine if beauty was the scale of Christ's acceptance many of us wouldn't have qualified <laughs> with due respect no many of us wouldn't have qualified right if beauty but jesus accepted us as we are and that is the foundation that paul is trying to lay in the lives of romans and in the lives of every christian that we accept one another not based on the worldly standards but we accept one another 
just as in God, in Christ, God has accepted us. Hallelujah. Christ has accepted us. So we are called to accept one another so that all praise can go to God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Wonderful. Also, we are not called to live for the worth of others. Look at this beautiful verse again. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 says, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, look at what he says. So we speak not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. Brothers and sisters, this is something that is extremely important. What kind of a life are we living? Are we living a life to please people? Because then your whole goal will be your looks, your speech. Everything will be to please people. But Jesus did not come to please people. He came to save people. Understand, there's a huge difference in that. He came to please his father and to save people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope that's, that's in your my head. No? Live to please God. We live to please God who tests our hearts. Paul says such a deep verse. This is, you know, there is so much we can glean from this verse. It says, we are pleasing God who tests our heart, not just pleasing men who might forget tomorrow what, what we did. Right? So that, that's something that is extremely important. Let's move on. While we were speaking on pains, do you know, I mentioned about, you know, people going through great pains for, um, for the sake that they can be appreciated or they can be liked. The Bible says God raised him up. Whom? God raised Jesus up. Having loosed the pains of death because it was impossible that he should be held by it. Jesus went through extreme pain. Jesus went through extreme pain um, in his death. You know, Isaiah says this. Isaiah says, um, sorry. Isaiah says he was pierced for our transgressions. We looked at body piercing. Jesus went through body piercing, but not for the sake of fashion, but for the sake of our forgiveness. Hallelujah. For our sins, for our transgressions, he was pierced. He was crushed for our iniquities. He took all this beating on his body. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, by his wounds, he was wounded. So that we can be healed. By his wounds we are healed. Hallelujah. What an emphatic statement that is. But please remember. Brothers and sisters. Jesus took all the brunt. Of our sin on his body. He sacrificed his body. Sacrificed his life. For our sake. Hallelujah. He was pierced. He was crushed. He was wounded. That is how Jesus used his body. So that you and I can be saved. So. That is pain for you. Paul writing to the Galatians very interestingly says that. And you notice that in his writing. You know, right through his letters. He says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth. It's interesting coming from a man who's saying this. Uh, I'm sure Sunita will identify because she's recently gone through pains of childbirth. Childbirth and it will be fresh. You know, Paul says, he write, writing to the Galatians, he says, it is my desire that Christ is formed in you. And such is my desire that I feel like the pains of childbirth. Hallelujah. He's saying, I am so keen 
for holiness to be formed in you, Galatians. And we know about Galatians. When you read the book of Galatians, they were so sidetracked. He says, you know, I, I, I want to see Christ formed in you. And I'm so desperate that I feel like a woman who's giving birth. I'm going through pains. Isn't that amazing? That there is a total different perspective of pain in the Bible. Again, writing to Timothy, Paul says, take pains with these things. Which things? You will read that in 1 Timothy 4 at your leisure. It's all about holiness. He says, take pains to live a holy life. Live a holy life is not easy. And he says, take pains to live a holy life. Hallelujah. Pay, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Another translation says, pay close attention to your life and your doctrine. Preserve in these things. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. It's wonderful. My friends, you and I must have a different perspective of pain. We will all go through pain. And sometimes it will be something that you know, you've chosen. Like when you when you choose to fast, you go through those hunger pains. Those are really serious pains, right? You go through those pains that exhaustion during the day. But get pain in the right perspective. Not in the way the world derives pain so that people will like them. We derive pain so that we can live the life that God has chosen for us. Hallelujah. Can I hear an hallelujah? Amen. Amen. This is a bit of an intense word. So I hope uh, you soak this in. A beautiful, uh, while we are on plane, a beautiful quote that I read. Don't climb mountains so that people can see you. Climb mountains so that you can see the world. Hallelujah. It is still climbing mountains. But what's your goal? You know, what's your goal for pain? Uh, Jesus never promised a pain-free life. Like we will have many pains and troubles in this world. And as, as the New Testament passages that we read. But let's have a different perspective. Yeah, let's climb the mountains, not so that people can see us, but so that we can see the world. Moving on, there are two kinds of people in this world and how they treat their bodies. So it's very easy to identify. Largely, largely, people fit into these categories. They either worship their bodies or they abuse their bodies. I'm sure we've seen many, many People, in fact, currently in the current trend, there are people who are so, so invested in their bodies. They are very little invested in their hearts and minds and even intellectuals, sadly. They are extremely interested in their body. They invest, they put a lot of money, they put a lot of time and they, they kind of worship their body. They worship their body. And then you have those who abuse their bodies as if, you know, it's, it's, it's not even theirs. They just keep abusing it, keep abusing it, whether with the pills they take or the injections or alcohol or other forbidden stuff, you know, that harms your body. Poor eating lifestyle, poor sleeping lifestyle. They just take their body for granted till one day when the body coughs. You know, and that's when people realize, oh my goodness, I've got cancer. Why? Because I was enjoying tobacco for uh, a large portion of my life. And now I've got to live with all that you know, tongue cancer and whatnot. But that, that's, that's the kind of uh, people are. Where do we fit in? Well, I believe Christians are a third category. And this is the category that needs to shine. This is the category where 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who resides in you? 
whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. This is the conclusion. So glorify God in your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Paul's argument. He's building this whole verse so that he can conclude with that one punch. He says, firstly, remember your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. As Indians, we understand the importance of temples. We've all been exposed to temples, right? We've all been exposed to temples. There are hundreds and thousands of temples in India. God says you are not going to a temple. You are a temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Why is Paul saying that? Because there was a strong teaching in the days of the Corinthians where people were teaching that your body doesn't matter. Now that you are saved in Christ, all that matters is your soul. To hell with your body. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Don't, don't be mistaken. Your body is important. Of course, it's perishing, but it is an important key player. Your body is nothing but the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where he resides. And you have been purchased. You have been brought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Hallelujah. I'll tell you how we can do that. But another verse that says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? It's a question we must all ask ourselves time and again. You know, some of, sometimes I see Christians saying, no, 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 I'm not abusing my body. Are you honoring God with your body? That's the question. It's not about not abusing is not good enough. That's fine. There are many other people who don't believe in God. They also don't abuse. But here it is, our body is the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in us. So we've got to take care of our bodies and use our bodies for the glory of God. Hallelujah, glorify God with your body. Another beautiful verse says, love the Lord your God with all your strength. Amen. Amen. It's not just loving the Lord with your heart and mind and soul, which are all uh, can be, you know, very inward stuff. It says, hey, listen, also love the Lord with your strength. That is something that can be seen, right? Right? Now, love the Lord your God with all your strength. Basically, it's, it's another term for body. You know, love the Lord with your body, with your heart, with your mind, with your soul. And hey, let's get real here. Let's love the Lord with your body. Are we? Are we loving the Lord with our body? The fact that sometimes we walk into the church so late. Why? Because we overslept. Because we were tired. Have you loved the Lord with your body? Or have you compromised that moment? Something to be pondered on. The Bible challenges us to push our bodies, push our limits, and to love the Lord and serve Him. Serve Him. We'll look at how we can do that. Look at another beautiful verse. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, he's, he's being, you know, I, I request you, I urge you, the NIV says, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as what? As a living sacrifice. To the Jews, the sacrifice was something that was so holy, that something that was acceptable to God. And that is precisely what Paul says. He says, now your bodies are living sacrifices. You don't need to come with the bulls and the rams and the goats and the doves. No, no, no. It is now your body. It is your body, which is a living sacrifice. And just like the Old Testament, the New Testament sacrifice is also holy. It is acceptable to God. 
which is your reasonable service, which is your spiritual act of worship. The NIV puts it. It's a spiritual act. You know, in the Old Testament, when sacrifices were done, it was done on, it was not just anywhere. It was done on something called the altar. Right? We've read enough of the Old Testament, I'm sure, to know that almost everyone, including Abraham and everyone, sacrificed on the altar. They had to put these stones, which were uncut, raw, raw stones, and were not fashioned by any metal. There was a lot of uh, decorum and protocol with altars. And they sacrificed on the altars. Interestingly, the English, and I'm not going to show this slide in the Hindi, but in the English, there's another word called altar, which means to transform. Today, brothers and sisters, we have an altar to present to God. Hallelujah. Our bodies are living sacrifices that are meant to bring a change, different, a transformation from the way we lived before. Have you changed in the way you use your body from the way you used your body before you knew Christ? I hope your answer is yes. And if it is no, there is time to sit and contemplate. What are the changes that I need to bring? What are the changes? How can we serve God with our bodies? Look at this. You can worship God with your body. I understand we are all so restricted uh, with this online. And that is why last Sunday was such a joy. People whistling, howling, dancing, clapping. You know, it was so amazing. And Ashish led us brilliantly. See, it was worshiping God with our bodies. And not just on, in the church service, but whenever you are, wherever. You know, God has given us some amazing poses in the scriptures. You know, hands stretched out on the knees, lying prostrate, dancing, jumping, singing. So many things we can do with our bodies to express our love to God, to praise, through worship. We can give, give, not just money. We work hard with our bodies and we give to the Lord. We serve. We serve. How do we serve? We serve like Jesus. We love like Jesus. Hallelujah. We, Jesus used his body to love people and he used his body to serve. I don't need to mention John 14, right? Uh, washing the feet of the disciples. What a lovely story that is. Hallelujah. We are called to care and share for one another. Care and share with our bodies. And we've done that. We've done that in the past 21 months. Many people in Masya have gone out of their way to care for others. They've put their bodies on line to make sure that, you know, somebody's taken to the hospital or somebody's looked after. And a huge applause to all of them who have used their bodies to care and to share. You know, even when you're preparing a meal for someone, you're using your body so that somebody else can be blessed. Excellent. Let's keep doing that, brothers and sisters. Let's keep using our bodies for the glory of God in the coming year. Amen. Amen. I want to end with this. Something that is deeply concerning now, but it was always there. It's called body shaming. We understand, you know, you don't need to hit someone to make them feel ashamed. Words are more painful. Words are powerful. They, they communicate hate when we uh, do body shaming. In fact, it was always there, always there. I remember in my growing up days, we kind of had a pet name. It's just weird saying pet name because pet name is something that you call someone with love. But this was like hate name. 
अवेरनेस but uh, why is body shaming a huge concern not because the world is raising up that issue because it is anti biblical you know why let me show you a couple of verses you all know this genesis 127 god created humans in his image in the image of god he created them he created them male and female hallelujah my friends our maker is our god and when we point out flaws in people we basically point out the flaw in the maker there are products that get pulled out because the maker failed to do a job right so the products get pulled out from the market because there was a, there was a technical error when we call out these names to people when we body shame someone we are basically not body shaming them alone we are we are shaming their maker So imagine how grievous a sin this is. When we point our fingers at someone, that you know, look at how they look. Look at the color of their skin. Racism again is a big, uh, huge uh, issue today. The way we treat people because of who they are, their culture, their caste, all of this, we shame the maker. So let's be aware. It's a grievous, grievous sin because they are created in the image of God. David would say, "I praise you." for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful i am works my soul knows it very well hallelujah hallelujah david was absolutely secured about his own body you know what is interesting sometimes people are ashamed of their own bodies they don't need anyone to shame them they are ashamed of their own bodies how weird is that they always complain oh see look at me look at this is who i am this is uh, no both are wrong as much as shaming someone else is wrong shaming yourself is also equally wrong let's change the way we look at our bodies let's praise god hallelujah like david says how how you know <laughs> cocky it sounds actually you know but he says that he says i praise you for i am fearfully and wonderfully made kya baat hai no you need guts to say that you understand the depth of his word david is saying lord i'm so happy you made me so wonderful i am no ordinary man i am fearfully made i am wonderfully designed and as far as we know your works to are all wonderful only you know so my soul rejoices in it my soul knows this truth hallelujah does your soul know the truth of who you are or how i wish i was doing this message in the church look into your eyes now are you are you aware of how beautiful you are can you say this stay on mute and say this i am beautiful and wonderful I am beautiful and I am wonderful. Hallelujah! Why? Why? Because the Lord has made me. The Maker of heaven and earth is my Maker. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. And also to let you know, there are flaws in our body. Come on, let's not deny it. There are flaws, but this is the hope. This is the glorious hope. Someone read Philippians right today. I think Rukmini did. Uh, I want to give you another verse from Philippians. Philippians chapter three, verse twenty-one says, "He will change our humble bodies." So Paul understands the frailty of a human body. 
we are perishing, we are getting old and all of that. He says, but this is our glorious hope. Our hope is not that this is the end of it. Our hope is he will change our humble bodies and make them like his own glorious body. Who's Christ? Christ can do this by his power with which he is able to rule everything. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! One day, brothers and sisters, hold your breath. One day, you and I will have the body of Christ. Christ now is in a glorified form. He lives in a glorified body. And he's coming to take us. And in the twinkling of an eye, we will join him and our bodies will be changed. Why is Paul talking so much about the bodies? Why is he concerned? Shouldn't he be only concerned about the spirit? Listen, the Bible is very real, brothers and sisters. It understands our concern. Just to let you know that photo has got nothing to do with John. It's <laughs> not John Abraham. It's just to let you know that our humble bodies will one day be glorious. Bodies. In the twinkling of an eye, Paul says, in the twinkling, in the blink, your bodies will be transformed. And in the new body, we will have no pain. We will have no pain, no suffering. No, in fact, not even any real negative urge. Right? Now we have, we battled with it. But when God will have transformed our bodies, amen, hallelujah, we will have a new body, a glorified body. I know many of us are waiting for that. Many of us are waiting for that. If you are old and elderly, you are definitely waiting. Uh, I think one of the scholars said, I think we'll all be 33 because Jesus froze at 33, right? So but that's funny. There's no doctrinal, doctrinal base for it. But it will be fun. It will be fun to be young again. Hallelujah. <laughs> for those who are young, enjoy it while it lasts. Okay? All right. Let me end with this fabulous verse. And I wanted to end with this. What a glorious verse. It never, it never struck me. Uh, but I just found this verse so beautiful. Husbands, all you husbands, look at your wives and say this verse. Okay. This is a magnificent verse. This is what it says. You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. <laughs> you are altogether beautiful, my love, he says. And he says, there is no flaw in you. Please, if you want to tattoo one verse for your wife, do this one. <laughs> do this one. Okay. Next time when we meet in the new year, obviously not uh, now. After a few Sundays, we are going to look at association. Association. Amen. So that's going to be exciting when we look at, we've looked at appearance, we've looked at uh, appetite, we're going to look at association. I hope this word has helped you and blessed you. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Let's pray this one prayer, brothers and sisters, that we would use our bodies to glorify God. Hallelujah. We will have the right perspective about our bodies. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. What an incredible God we are. We thank you that we are indeed fearfully and wonderfully made. We thank you for our bodies. We thank you for good health, especially in these past 21 months. We thank you that we've survived, Lord, but because you watched over us. We now pray, Lord, may our bodies be used for your glory. We thank you for the serving team. We thank you for everyone who serves in Messiah. May we all be there, Lord, to serve you, not only in the meetings, but every day, every breath of ours, may we serve you. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that one day we have this glorious hope that our bodies will be transformed 
and will become like your bodies. We wait for that day, Lord. We wait for that day. But till then, may we use this temple of the Holy Spirit, this temple of God, for your glory we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen.